Welcome to Spoonful, the podcast where we dissect bite-sized morsels of my family and friends' lives to take a deeper look into storytelling and narratives. How does it work, you may wonder? I have set up interviews with a wide range of my family, friends, co-workers, and acquaintances and asked them all the same three questions. One, who are you and how do we know each other? Two, what is your favorite food? And three, tell me a story any story at all related to food. I think by now we're all getting the hang of this. I ask people questions and listen to them tell stories in order to take a closer look at what these stories are really made up of. Previously, I discussed narrative and storytelling in order to unpack the deeper meaning behind everyday interactions we've all likely been overlooking. In this episode, I want to switch up the pace a little bit to analyze the vehicle of all of these stories we've been listening to and dissecting. The conversations themselves. I specifically am fascinated by the science that exists behind conversation and, in particular, what scientifically makes up a good conversation. According to Liz Stokoe, a scientist and professor of social interaction, scripted talk is the opposite of genuine report. Stokoe describes the defining points of whether or not a conversation is good as consisting of body language, eye contact, focus, engagement, making sure not to interrupt the flow of the conversation, and avoiding trivial topics that would fit the category of small talk. For this episode, I decided to conduct and use a full interview instead of just bits and pieces of stories like I had been doing the last two episodes. After reading Stokoe's opinion on the negative results of scripted conversation, I decided I would use the same three questions I asked everyone as a base, and I would ask other questions and continue the conversation completely improvised. This interview brings me to my place of work, a private school here in Boulder, Colorado. This school has something very cool that many other schools don't, and that happens to be professional chef Amber Graff, who is kind enough to agree to letting me interview her. Much to my surprise, I found that my favorite parts of this conversation were those that were unscripted. However, there were still many elements of narrative and storytelling that occurred between Amber and I while recording this segment. Recorded right now? Yeah. Yay! Okay. <laughs> so the first question is just who are you? My name is Amber and I am a uh, I'm a chef. I'm the chef at Bixby mm-hmm. School. I've been in the culinary world for going on to a decade. Oh my gosh. And um, my background is mainly culinary education, but um, but currently it's the lunch lady extraordinaire. Way cool. Definitely like my coolest guest by far. Has credentials. (laughs) Okay. So the first question is, what's your favorite food? Uh, I have two. Okay. And I I like them separately and I like them together. Okay. Fried chicken and peanut butter. Together? Sometimes together. Really? Yep. Interesting. (laughs) Did you just like dip one one day? (laughs) I think just like peanut sauce in general. Okay. Like, you know, it can be like a peanut sauce, but then if I Mm -hmm. don't have peanut sauce or if I don't want to make peanut sauce, like peanut butter will do. That sounds like something I'd eat really late at night. (laughs) Like fried chicken on like uh, bread with pickles and peanut butter. I know. I know. It sounds gross. It's really good. Oh my gosh, now I have to try it. I believe you. I'll eat anything you give me. <laughs> oh. And then, 
only two questions besides how we know each other, mm. but the other part of it is I just want you to tell a story about food. Okay. It can be anything. It can be about cooking food. It can okay. be about the grossest thing you've ever eaten, the best yeah. thing you've ever eaten. Okay. It can be funny. It can be heartwarming. Ooh. Whatever you feel. Okay. A good story about food. I feel like food is my whole entire life, so I have to go through a few files. Okay. You can tell more than one story if you feel like it, too. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, one is that, so I studied for a while. I studied culinary in Vietnam yeah. for a bit. Did you really? I didn't know that about yep. you. Yep, we went, uh, we were there for a while. There were 16 chefs and oh I, my gosh. and we went there to learn the cuisine. So we started in South Vietnam and we worked our uh -huh. way up the country and then we left out of the um, North Vietnam. Oh but uh, it was everything from like, um, like professional culinary schools to you know, hands-on things in, in a little lady's kitchen. Uh -huh. It was everything, you know, going to all the markets and going to everything else. Wow. But I decided, uh, when I went to Vietnam, I decided that whatever was put in front of me, I was going to eat. Oh my gosh. Knowing very well that dog is a pretty typical right, cuisine Right, that was one of Vietnam. the first things I thought of. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so, I, I, to my knowledge, I did not eat dog. Okay, but to your knowledge, to my knowledge, like sometimes, right <laughs> I mean, you're served so much food from different places, uh -huh. but we definitely ate like, you know, live worms and all kinds of weird bloods. What do worms and, taste like? You know, I, I, I didn't get it. I, they're squishy and they like explode mm. and you mm. all of it. Sounds like Pop Rocks, but <laughs> a little different. One, one that we had, the silkworms were, were still living and they were like on crackers. Oh my we gosh. did it, but oh yeah, we ate a lot of really crazy stuff. But to my knowledge, I didn't eat a dog. That's a good story. That is a really good story. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just like being an educator and yeah. working in a school too, I really try to make sure all the kids have get like the gamut of flavors uh -huh. and textures and you know even if they don't like it I always call it a no thank you bite in my family where the not to my taste bite yeah this is not to my taste <laughs> but um I think because of it too my daughter is really really adventurous in her eating mm -hmm. we just we she eats everything that I eat everything I've never, except for parmesan cheese but you know like I remember even when she was a baby and we were low on groceries mm -hmm. and I made like trout and beets for dinner oh and she gosh. like ate them. Oh my gosh. So I love that story about food too, is that she it's is getting like carried the bravest over. Kid ever. Yeah. I mean I think she has like pickles and seaweed for Didn't her snacks. She eat today. like a raw fish one time. Yeah, she ate the head off of a raw fish. Oh man, Ivy. <laughs> she just does it. Ivy's gonna eat the worms too. She's gonna totally eat the worms. She eats <laughs> she eats anything unless it has Parmesan cheese on it. Then forget it. And <laughs> that's it. And I'm not I can't even, she can't even smell it. Oh my gosh. I know, but at least I know she doesn't like that because she actually truly doesn't like it. That's so interesting to me because when I was little, I wouldn't eat anything. Yeah. Like I had an iron deficiency because I wouldn't eat beef. Oh man. Like as a genre of food, like I ate chicken. Yeah. And rice. Right. And cheese. And like a few baby carrots for like 10 years. <laughs> and I was like severely anemic. So whenever I see the kids here like eating anything just like mildly above kid food. Yeah. I'm like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> did you not like food because you wouldn't try them? Or did you, it was in your head? Or you truly like tried them and just didn't like them? You know, I don't think I would try stuff. Yeah. I specifically remember this one time my parents were like, you have Mama, to eat. I love my snack at home. Oh, oh boy. Go one. ask Mark and grab something for you, honey. Oh, but no, I don't think I would try stuff. That's I think why that was the issue when my parents tried so hard to make me try things. Yeah. 
one time they took a little green bean and they were like, you just have to eat one, you just have to try, you just have to take one bite. And I wrapped the green bean in a slice of white bread. <laughs> like, you know when kids do the thing where they like mush up bread and it gets like, like that texture. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I sat at the dining room table for 45 minutes yeah. taking little bites of the bread and eating around the green bean. And my oh. parents were like, never again. Oh my gosh. Girl, when, how did you get out of it then? How did you start trying it? I just, you just got, got older. older. Yeah. Stop being afraid of things. Yeah. That's why I feel like with kids too, it's really important for me to show kids to have a positive relationship right. with food, which is why I'm always introducing new things. And even if they don't like it, I mean, kids will tell me all the time, like, I tried this and I mm-hmm. don't like it, or it's not to my it's taste. It's not to my taste. And I'll say, thank you so much for trying it. Yeah. You know, because they tried something new and they didn't that's like it, and that's okay. I feel like. Yeah, me too. Do you have any foods that you don't like? like yes. At all? What are they? I'm if, curious. If it lived in water, I do not eat it. Anything mm. from the ocean. Fish, shrimp, sushi. lobster. Like no, that sushi, surprises me. seaweed. Because I feel still Ugh. like I'm a really like tame eater. Yeah. And I love sushi. You do? It's like my favorite food. Yeah. I, it, I, I do keep going back to it, though. I keep trying different things. I love Although, I definitely like like the really Americanized sushi. Like, the ones like that put like, cream cheese. And, like, imitation crab. Imitation crab, cream cheese, stuff like that. <laughs> So I don't know if I can say that I really like sushi. But. I also don't eat um, mushrooms. Really? I can't. The, it's the smell of them cooking oh it. It actually brings up a physical gag. They do have like a smell. Mm-hmm. What about truffles? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. None of the fungi family. That's interesting. I, I feel like my no-no food is just tomatoes. Oh, really? Is boring. Yeah. Oh, man. Like tomato sauce is But boring. you're so good at growing them. I'm... It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> You can't enjoy the fruit of your. <laughs> so the summer I was always like, labor. here you go. People would be like, do you want to take this home with you? And I'd be like, no, good. While working on this podcast, I got the opportunity to talk to so many people whose presence I really appreciate in my life. While I learned a lot about storytelling, conversations, and narratives, my biggest takeaway was the importance of continuously reaching out and creating time to have these conversations with people that I may not be seeing on a regular basis. While the world doesn't safely permit coffee dates right now like it used to, there are so many great resources allowing these sorts of connections to be possible every day. I hope to start making more time for the tiny stories and narratives that exist in my life. Once again, I'm Annie, and thank you for listening to Spoonful, the podcast where we dissect bite-sized morsels of my family and friends' lives to take a deeper look into storytelling, narratives, and conversation.